Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Zach Efron, and you're listening to The Stupid Cancer Show. I hate you both. I've hated you ever since I can remember. I hate you, and I wish you both had cancer. Cancer? Yes, in the head. <laughs> Somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> Hello there, children. Hey, hey, kids. <laughs> People seem to like me because I am polite and I'm rarely late. And now, the hosts of the Stupid Cancer Show, Lisa Bernhard and Matthew Zachary. Woohoo! Monday, June 13th, and welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show, the voice of young adult cancer. I'm Matthew Zachary, a 15-year young adult survivor of pediatric brain cancer. And I'm Lisa Bernhardt, 16-year young adult breast cancer survivor, and we're your hosts for the Stupid Cancer Show. Got cancer under 40? Sucks, huh? Well, get busy living because the Stupid Cancer Show is here. To change the world one chemo infusion at a time. Tonight's show is all about the Penn State Thon. What is that, you ask? Well, it is the largest student-run philanthropic organization in the world. They say we don't yet have the staff of fact-checkers to prove them wrong, so we'll have to go with it. And we do. And joining us from the Penn State Thon is Kirsten Quisenberry. She's the public relations chairperson. And Sean Shapiro, he's a former Thon member. He's a Penn State alum, and he started something in New York here called the New York City Hope Gala. And in the Survivor Spotlight, Dylan Moser, who's a childhood cancer survivor of leukemia and who has benefited from the Penn State Thon along with his family. They'll be here to join us shortly. As a reminder, this broadcast is a production of the NMC Young for this Cancer Foundation online at stupidcancer.com. We help young adults fight cancer every day and are bringing the cause of cancer under 40 to the national spotlight where it belongs because it's not okay that 70,000 young adults are diagnosed with cancer every year. And a stupid cancer welcome to all of our first-time listeners on the Blog Talk Radio Network and on iTunes as we broadcast all the way live from the Chemo Deck, our fabulous studio in downtown Manhattan. And, uh, all right, well, hello, friends, and welcome to yet another fun-filled and exciting Rob of the Hey, Lisa and I welcome you back to the Stupid Cancer Show, where remission is not a cure and survivorship is all that matters. And please join our live interactive chat feed during each broadcast. There are already 36 people in there right now. We just got started. <clears throat> we invite you to join in the fun, connect with our friends, ask questions of our guests, and get involved. Was that questions or questions? Que- I have a... Summer cold. a little froggy. I am a C. I am a C-H. Yes. All right. And, of course, welcome um, Dr. James Manning, James P. Manning, to the radio show. The doctor of love. I'm I'm here. Okay. He's here. He broke the mic. (laughs) Very nice. He's radically here. The mic's dead. 
James, we can't take you anywhere. He was here. Oh, that well. Was, that was just a tease. Nope. Mike's dead. Okay, fantastic. He's so emphatically here that he killed the mic. All right, well, we will let you guys uh, figure out why your mic is broken. Oh, oh well fixed. Okay. All right, James is no longer allowed to touch anything <laughs> ever again in this room. You lost your privilege. Yes. That's Kenny Kane, by the way. Kenny Kane joining us in the studio tonight. I think the mic was broken before I touched it. No, no, no. no. You broke the mic. Kenny Kane is our director of operations for any first-time listeners out there. Yes. Hello. James Manning is a broadcast. What if we decided he is a broadcast production He's assistant in training? Associate broadcast training? production bitch. <laughs> okay. Assistant shit. Take the, <laughs> James, you break the equipment and you get called a bitch on yeah, the show. Yeah, exactly. Oh. You get the big bad B. Well, word. you're not quite a peon because you actually do <laughs> shit around here. So, um. <laughs> Matthew's feeling fine. Yeah. He's already, we're four minutes into the show, and he's already cursing. Yes. <laughs> but I'm cursing politely. You know why I'm cursing politely? Because I could not curse at all when I spoke at Hartford Hospital this weekend to over 1,000 oh, geriatrics. Why would you want to curse at Hartford Hospital? No, because my spiel, my shtick, my, my, oh, um, right. my, my keynote presentation. Getting cancer sucks, and well, we're all, yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things that I, my lead behind, my, like my parting slide, like mm-hmm. my, my here's to what you can do to take action in your life. The 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 final bullet on that that slide deck is um, don't take any shit from anyone, right? Which I got from Billy Joel because he says that at the end of every concert he gives. But there were like six year olds in the audience, Uh-oh. you know, and I really couldn't do that kind of thing. Also, um, during my presentation, I talk about how when the doctors brought me back to Sloan Kettering. Yeah, no, that's my favorite part when you tell them when they. We're going to give you chemo. You tell them. Or you told them to go fuck themselves. I did. I did. I mean, yeah. the doctors. The doctors. Uh, Brought me back after my radiation was finished, and I went back to school and graduated. I lost all this weight. I was a wan shell of a human being. I couldn't function. I couldn't walk, breathe, have, like, solid food. And I'm like, we want to give you a year of chemo. I was like, well, will that increase my odds of surviving? Because you said I'll be dead in five years now instead of six months, six months ago, and you were wrong then. And they said, it'll increase your odds by 5%. So from 50% to 55%. And then I just realized that the chemo they wanted to give me contained... Uh, a toxic uh, agent called vincristin, which gives you neuropathy in your hands. So to survive for five years and three months with neuropathy and not be able to play piano again if I could right. versus to die in five years guaranteed without neuro- without neuropathy from vincristin, I'd rather die in five years. And I said that to them, and basically they said, well, we're trying to save your life. And I said, go fuck yourselves. And I walked out with my parents. But I say that on stage to everybody that I, I do this with, and I couldn't say that. So I politely alluded to the so jurors. You, Matt, you literally said to the doctors, go fuck yourself. In, yeah, in, in not, <laughs> not, not so directly that. Okay. But I basically said that uh, you're fucking crazy. And but you used the F-bomb? You dropped I'd, the F-bomb yeah, yeah, to yeah, the good doctors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I said you're fucking crazy. Okay. Because you know, what happened was they, they offered this to me. Uh, I mean, I condensed it for the purposes of my keynote. But yeah. they, they offered it to my folks and I one day, and we took a week. To decide right. what happened. So they said, here's the chemo we want to give you. It's a year of this and 30 rounds or whatever. And we went to talk to other bunch of doctors in between the week. And then we came back to them and we said, no. And they said, well, we're trying to save your life. He said, but this will cause me potentially to never play piano again. And I have the and they didn't seem to care that all I wanted to do was play piano. My quality of life was not an right. issue for these doctors. And I said, you're fucking crazy. Goodbye. But, so obviously I alluded to the Jersey salute. Which little kids don't know what that means, but everyone else in the crowd went crazy. There's a thousand people there. I have no idea what the Jersey salute it's means. This. Uh, <laughs> we 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 don't have a visual show here. No. Matthew just no. made a gesture. Yes. <laughs> an arm gesture. Yes. 
Dylan, Dylan's learning a lot tonight. I, I guess, I guess <laughs> there's, I guess there's, yeah. Right. Um, that's fortunate we have a child that's not yet on the phone line, right? Oh, Hopefully yeah, it's not exactly, listening. exactly. So that's in in another uh, description of that would be called what? It's it's the symbol that everybody knows where you sort of do one fist. Over the other it, arm. Over the other yeah. arm, and then you flip I, that I, arm off. It's a Jersey and, salute. That's just what I, okay. I know. I've never heard it called that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I live in Jersey, so. I earned the prop. So you know the salute. So you did the Jersey salute instead of dropping the F-bomb I didn't do the Jersey salute. Because there were kids in the audience. So I basically said, well, you know, I said, I I told the doctors how I really felt, but I can't say that here today. But let's just say that I I gave them a version of the Jersey salute orally. (laughs) And everyone, like, laughed. And they went went But there were a 1,000 people. Hartford Hospital's 21st annual Celebrate Life Festival. Um, It was amazing. Great. A lot of silver hair, but I catered my talk to them. Were the booby sisters there? No, the booby sisters were not there, but they had a... That's st- fantastic. They had you a- guys are chasing some silver-haired booby sisters? Yes. yes. That's sad. They, they sing to... They lip-sync to pre-recorded Beatles parodies. Actually, I shouldn't say that's sad. They could be very hot. Mm, they- maybe 100 years ago. <laughs> now, now. No, we we love our elders. Well, they so, so they were there, and uh, Kenny, you were there, too? I was there. Oh, no, not this weekend. No, Kenny I, went to the I, I, Vermont I, thing. Yeah, no, I was at yeah. the Booby Sisters. I was not at in the... In Vermont, yeah, not the celebration. Celebrate Life event at Hartford Hospital. But okay. honestly, props to Hartford Hospital for putting together an annual event that attracts a 1,000 people from all walks of life. Yeah, that's big. Put together like the six-hour program, great speakers, great guests. Um, I met the CEO of Hartford Hospital, himself a leukemia survivor. Oh, wow. In his early 50s, mm-hmm. graduate of Binghamton, where I went, so we had a long talk about oh. that. And uh, just, I mean, he he came from um, from Blue, from Michigan, so he was the CEO of um, of um, whatever the, that that cancer center is in in um, Ann Arbor. Yeah, that one. Yeah, where Anna Brower was treated. That one. Oh, okay. So he was the, from that one. Anna Brower, another member of our constituency. Exactly, folks. exactly. So, um, yeah, it was good. It was very good, very powerful, very energetic. And, uh, and you got your point across without no cussing. No, which is like we can curse on the show because whoever yeah. listens, I'm okay. You know, you're listening to the show. But I got up there, I did my walk and talk, and my dog and pony, and my whatever, my sand dance. Yeah. And I did it clean. Good deal. You just, I, you I just de- spewed out a whole bunch of metaphors. Yes. I de Lenny Bruce it. How's that? Very nice. <laughs> Does anyone know who Lenny Bruce is? I do. That I know. Yeah. Um, so let's segue now that you brought up a show business reference to a good friend. Yes. of the Stupid Cancer Show and I'm Too Young for this organization, a founder of Stand Up to Cancer, Laura Ziskin. Right, Stand Up to Cancer being what what I consider to be the next generation of cancer research out there that everyone should pay attention to because you really do know where your money goes. And they are impacting the philosophies of cancer research in a way that no other organization in this country is doing. And the only organization we endorse that does cancer research. So, and she's a, she was a wonderful woman who sadly lost her battle with breast cancer this weekend. Died at age sixty-one. Yes. Hollywood mega 61? producer. Sixty-one. Right. Okay. Hollywood mega producer, trailblazer, not only in the cancer community, but as a woman uh, executive producer and filmmaker. She produced the Spider-Man movie. She did What About Bob? She Pretty did Woman. Pretty Woman. Fight Club. Courage Under Fire. One Fine Day, Inventing the Avids. I mean, on and on and on her credits. She also was... She uh, produced the Oscars she was the a first, couple of times. She was the first woman to solo executive produce the Academy Awards. She did that in 2002. Right. And then I think again in 2007. And, boy, she fought hard. And she came on our show and talked about basically that she just felt like a pissed-off patient. Because I think she was very slow to be diagnosed, although she was not 
a young adult at the time that she was diagnosed. No, but she's an example of someone who was already vigilant in her Correct. early detection and prevention right. and risk reduction. Right. And she even still got it. Yeah. So, I mean, as much as you really want to tell people to be vigilant about it, it's still up in the air. The cards are... No one knows what the cards are. Yeah, absolutely. And she, so she was, she helped kick off uh, this season of the show, actually, back in September. Yeah, well, it was her second appearance. She right. was on back in 2008 when I first got her attention. When I right. uh, wrote a pre me, pre you, yes. I, I wrote an essay called "Stand Down to Cancer," <laughs> which got her attention. Like I sort of had I to bet. get people's attention. Yeah. She flew me out to Hollywood to scold me. <laughs> I swear to God, Lenny was with me. Uh, That's the chairman, chairman of the board, Lance yeah, Sender. Dr. Sender, our, our board chair. She flew us out to L.A. to scold me on, why are you saying negative and bad things You had Lenny as your us? goon to I protect did, you. I did, I did. But my whole point was that, you know, this, I wanted to understand their philosophy from an advocate's perspective because they were not reaching out to advocacy groups to explain what their role is and what kind of relationship they wanted to have with groups like ours. Yeah. So I was the only one that just lambasted them online through the Huffington Post, and finally she got worse. You? No? I know. Really? I know, I know. That's but shocking. I, it was one of the few times where it, it merited itself. It came out very positive. Yeah, you got a free trip to Hollywood out of it. Two. Two <laughs> free trips to Hollywood out of it. You got to meet a big-time producer. That's awesome. And then, we, then she became a friend of ours and, and actually and, put us and endorsed us and put us on their site. Yes, yes. We have been endorsed by Stanford Cancer. They helped us get Dr. LaPook for the OMG Cancer Summit. Right. Our annual event. He's the uh, uh, good doctor who was, who was on CBS the CBS News. Evening News. He's awesome. Um, and uh, they're helping us navigate possibly the Seth Rogen for his 50-50 film coming out this fall. Right. But so Laura was a real door opener. Um, she they also helped us get uh, Diane Balma as keynote for OMG in 2010. Former head of stand up to cancer, yeah, kind of day to day director, uh, right director person. Um, so Matthew, we have uh, snippets yeah. from her prior yes. appearances on the show that we're going to share with folks before we get to our guests. Yeah, this is uh, Laura when she was introduced talking about her getting diagnosed, and then we have a second clip of her talking about what stand up to cancer does and sort of chastising the government for miserable failures in research. Let's hear it. Which is what she does really well. Here's Laura Ziskin. <laughs> Laura, let's start with you. You've got the big show coming up on Friday. But first of all, tell us your personal story about your diagnosis. Oh, man. Um, well, I have breast cancer. I have metastatic breast cancer. I was diagnosed in 2004. I was 54. I was fanatic about ma mammograms and I knew something was wrong with me, and sadly, my um, cancer was missed. It was lobular breast cancer, which is a little harder to see. Right. Um, and, um, you know, I knew something was wrong for a long time, so probably five years went by when I could have been diagnosed at an earlier stage. Um, anyhow, when you I say then, you knew, I'm sorry, when you say you knew something was wrong and five years went by, did you try to talk to doctors and say, and then they thought it was nothing, or how did that, yes, how did that go I, down? I, well, I think, you know, you want to be okay, so particularly mammography is a, is a very old um, diagnostic tool, and it right. only finds 60% of breast cancers, so that means it misses 40%, um, 4 out of 10, so it's not a great tool. I had ultrasound as well. Um, I even had a biopsy in 2001, but I only had two core biopsies, and they missed. I clearly had cancer then, but they missed it wow. because at my diagnosis, I had a 10-centimeter cancer, and I had 30 malignant nodes. So I'm lucky to be here, um, but, you know, I, I again, I'm, I'm a big advocate of, you know, prevention and early diagnosis and that kind of thing, but we actually have to have cures because... 
you know, diagnosing cancer is imperfect and prevention, you know, only goes so far. So we need to have, and that's what Stand Up to Cancer is about really is, is you know, finding better, more effective treatments and doing it as quickly as we can. So that was wow. the first segment from Laura yeah. that we had, and this is the second piece that I clipped out because it's just very, very, very poignant. I feel like people gave us a lot of money. We have an obligation to be accountable. So part of what's different this year from the first year is we actually have things to talk about. So you will see yeah. um, footage and, and a little story about each of the dream teams, and it's quite, you know, remarkable. And, when, and what's most interesting is to see the excitement I mean, listen, you know, and Leonard can tell you this, scientists are excited all the time, but they're excited, I think, about, you know, working together, and I think they feel a real obligation to deliver for the patients. So, um, and then there'll be, we have the Simpsons again, and Bill Hader's going to do something really funny, and, you know, we hope we make you laugh and cry, and, and you know, of course, we're, try, we're trying, I think what Ethan said is right about, go to standuptocancer.org or go to your guys' website, it's not just about giving money. It's about making this issue a first-tier issue in this country. If you put on the newspaper, front of the newspaper, that 1,500 Americans today died, and 1,500 Americans will die tomorrow, one a minute, if that was on the front of headline in the New York Times, people would be outraged. Right. And we have to not just, obviously, we believe in what we're doing. We hope other funders of cancer research will take what they think works, take our model, modify it, use it, make people work together, but it's also those of us like the, the people with, with HIV, we have to say we're mad. We, we, we are demanding that we do better. This is a failure of, of, I hate to say it, but the government too. Brutally honest. You know, she makes an excellent point about making cancer a first-tier story, as she puts it. That yes. If there were front-page stories on the New York Times that people are dying or being diagnosed one a minute with cancer, people would be outraged. Right. But it's not a first-tier story no, unless not. there's some incredible breakthrough or drug or something. But, again, how many people really often pay attention to those stories? You kind of read them in a... Well, they see wiener's wiener, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. And it's all over. <laughs> and then it's all over. Yeah. But I liked, the thing I liked about her, I mean, as long as we're, we're sort of um, memorializing her, she was so brutally honest, and she'd been around the block. I mean, yes, she was in entertainment and the Hollywood producer and, and this mega, mega, mega influencer, but she also was one of the founders of not just Stand Up to Cancer, but the Entertainment Industry Foundation, which is a huge huge organization that does incredibly meaningful things in this country from the Katie Couric uh, Colorectal Cancer Foundation to the Avon Walk. Um, they do Music Cares, which is a smaller smaller uh, offshoot that helps young musicians with their fi finances and, and getting them off the, off the ground with their careers. Um, it, it's really a powerful, powerful group of, of, of elite, incredible Female entrepreneurs: Sherry Lansing, Lisa Paulson, uh, Susie Schwartz, um, Noreen Frazier, Kathleen Lobb, um, uh, Katie Couric. Uh, I mean, I know them all. I met them all. They're, they're just such a wonderful group that are really earnest in what they're trying to do. And the entertainment industry, 
fund is so powerful, as you can tell, when you watch that stand-up to cancer television special, everybody under the sun was there. I mean, every celebrity gets involved. Right, but they're not exploiting celebrities. It's not like, you know, the dying dog, Sarah McLaughlin type of thing. You know, they're really using celebrities in, in a meaningful way to get people's attention. And she alluded to Ethan on the show. Yes. That was Ethan Zahn Ethan from Survivor. Zahn. Who yes. was and Survivor, Survivor. Yes. The Survivor, Survivor. Uh, who was on the show uh, because he was part of the stand-up to cancer special. Right. He was on with us back with, uh, with Laura back then. But, I mean, she held everyone accountable. She had a, a very strong opinion, that, as Noreen did when she was on the show, about other larger organizations that do their own cancer research in a silo and a bubble that don't collaborate. And she embraces epigenetics and genomics, which we're going to do a show on um, later this year and maybe next year at the OMG 2012 Summit. Uh, really... She'll be missed. I'm heartbroken, truly heartbroken. I'm blessed to have known her and to have her know who I am <laughs> if I walk past her on the street. Very, very cool to be able to say that. But she really just a uh, force of nature. I have to say, Matthew, just one slight correction here. I don't think she actually was one of the founders of the Entertainment Industry Foundation because I think they go back almost 70 years. Oh. But she was very involved and certainly stand-up to cancer. She was an embryonic. Yes. <laughs> yes. Before birth, she founded yes. with the largest and most powerful Hollywood <laughs> philanthropic it's organization. 70 years old, really? Yes. It's Are you almost, doing live research on the air? It's almost 70. Well, I knew, it, I knew it was an old-time organization because I think it goes back to uh, being formed. Actually, here, I was actually correct on this. She's fact-checking live on the <laughs> air, folks. Well, I had, a, I had a hunch that it was one of the, it was the original studio founders, oh, and okay. indeed, Samuel Goldwyn, who you may recognize, yes. Metro Goldwyn Myers, MGM. MGM, was one of the founders. So it was actually the titans of the industry that before there were any women who were involved, <laughs> who were allowed anywhere <laughs> near filmmaking or producing. These men who were the head of studios mainly, uh, found, and Humphrey Bogart, James Cagney, there were a lot of heavyweight actors involved as well. But she got stand-up to cancer, obviously hooked into the EIF, the Entertainment I'm, Industry Foundation. I'm pretty Foundation. sure she found it. <laughs> <laughs> Still, I'm going to agree with we myself. Can, we can, yeah, he put whatever. <laughs> but anyway, just to clarify that, but very involved, and they were all connected with stand-up to cancer. But it's all females now. It's all like this powerhouse female. Stand-up to cancer is. No, EIF, too. And EIF? I mean, the leadership of EIF, Sherry Lansing, Lisa Paulson, um, uh, Kathleen Lobb. Hashtag feminism. It's great. No, they're no, they're, they're doing good stuff. Anyway, rest in peace, Laura Ziskin. We will miss you. Um, you were a, uh, a game-changing catalyst for just amazing good. Thank you for all that you did. So, um, so let's kick it off. Let's kick it off. Let's do the uh... our Penn State's on our guest. Always surprise me with the music. I love this though. This is a great '80s tune, right? '80s. This is no doubt. Oh, this is no doubt. No doubt. You know what? Because they sound like an '80s band. And they, have been a no, sample. they no, this is an '80s tune that they're covering. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes, this is an '80s tune that they're covering. Thank you. Whew. You're welcome. All right. This is the Penn State Athon, and as we mentioned at the opening, the Penn State Athon is the largest student-run philanthropic organization in the world. So they say. We're going to grill him on that. With us is Kirsten Quisenberry. She is the overall public relations director of something called the Penn State IFC Panhellenic, sounds Greek to me, Dance Marathon of 2012. And with her, Matthew, I'll just go ahead and, and, and intro all three of them. Yeah, go ahead. Is Sean Shapiro. He is a former SON member. He's a Penn State alum. He lives here in New York, and he's the chairperson now of the 2012 New York City Hope Gala, which is an alumni gala hooked into Penn State. 
And joining us shortly in our Survivor Spotlight is Dylan Moser. He's all of 10 years old. How old? Help me out here, guys. You got it right. Got it right, 10 years old. He's a childhood cancer survivor of leukemia, and he has benefited from the Penn State-thon. We're going to talk to all three of them now, and we welcome them all for being with us on the show. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, let's bring Dylan on live here. So where is Dylan here? I'm right here. You are here. Hey, buddy. There he is. Welcome to the show. Dylan, is that right? Are you 10 years old? No, I'm actually 11. Oh. oh, Lisa, you're fired. Sean. Your birthday's in January, right? See, how can we check? We have to check their facts here. Sean said he was 10, now, Uh-oh. but he's 11. That's Kirsten's a, the only one that can stay in the room that's now. That's a huge difference. <laughs> that's a huge difference. You're well into double digits now. Yeah. That's a, that's exciting. All right, so let's get started with um, with Kirsten, because you are currently, you're an undergrad at Penn State, so you're running the spawn. Tell us about the Panhellenic IFC and all the letters and initials that you have in front of it, and what exactly the THON is. Uh, THON is a year-long fundraising effort by more than 15,000 students across the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Uh, These are Penn State students. Um, And it's an effort to raise awareness and funds for the fight against pediatric cancer. Our sole beneficiary is the Four Diamonds Fund, and our year culminates in a 46-hour, no-sitting, no-sleeping dance marathon each February. Awesome. Uh, why, we... why 46 hours? It <laughs> seems like an odd, random, like you lost a bet kind of number. We, we used to be 48, but because of our venue and time constraints, we're uh, now 46. So it's just bureaucratic crap that made you, that made you 46 hours. Yeah, the union needs time to clean up, right? <laughs> um, so the Four Diamonds Fund is associated with Penn State, correct? Tell us how the Four Diamonds Fund got started, because that, that, as you mentioned, that's your sole beneficiary. Correct. Uh, actually, Thon and Four Diamonds are both celebrating our 40th anniversaries this year, which is really exciting. Uh, they were so- not founded by Laura Ziskin. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Uh, we started back in 1973, and we were paired officially with the Four Diamonds Fund in 1977. And the, and the Four Diamonds Fund uh, started out of Hershey Medical Center, uh, the Penn State Hospital. It was started by Charles and Irma Millard. They lost their son, Christopher, at age 14 to cancer. Um, and Christopher had written a story called The Four Diamonds, um, about his fight. It was metaphorical. Um, he believed that the four diamonds that he needed to overcome cancer were courage, honesty, wisdom, and strength. And those uh, represent the four diamonds fund now. Um, Son, we use them a lot. And uh, their mission is to cover all expenses that insurance doesn't pay for. This covers medical costs, any hospital bills. It also covers gas vouchers, food vouchers, Anything that a family um, might need to be spending money on, our focus is to solely get the child better and let parents focus on getting their child well and focus on their child. Um, And we like to say we want to give kids back their childhood. So the goal of this is to ensure that any child treated for cancer at Penn State will go for free to keep all expenses to the families uh, neutraled out. Families never see a bill. Right. So it's a, kind of a St. Jude model, but you actually have people raising money for you instead of, like, like 
celebrities and dying things on television. Yep, we've okay. got uh, Penn State students. Okay, Not, nothing against uh, St. Jude, but I think that this is such a more compelling way to engage people in knowing who they're helping, how they're helping out, and... I mean, I, I, first of all, as a PR person, you're doing a very good job. You've done your research. You're asking you spontaneously <laughs> tough questions that you weren't prepared for. Quick, what Scooby-Doo episode is this? Never mind. Uh, um, we're uh, meddling kids. Anyway. So, Dylan, I may have, I may have mispronounced your, your last name. Is it Mosier or Mo, M- Mosier? Moser. It's me, Moser. Say it again. Moser. 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 Oh, Moser. Kenny, you were giving me all kinds of phonetic uh, prompts here that I think it's were... There's supposed to be an umlaut over the O. Mo- Moser. 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 Is that like, right? Like Fraser. Gotcha. Pronounced like a Z. Yes. Moser. Oh, Moser. Moser. Okay. okay, you and Kenny have both now like, guided me <laughs> Like bulldozer. <laughs> bulldozer. That's what I said, like bulldozer. Let's talk to Dylan. Moser the bulldozer. Yes. Dylan, how are you feeling? I'm feeling actually very good. Oh, excellent. So the last time you um, had any kind of treatment or medicine or anything was in 2008? Um, yes. A couple years back? Yeah. Okay. And how was it uh, going through that, that fight for that leukemia? That must have been uh, a bit something when they told you that you that you had this illness and you had to uh, go to the hospital and get all kinds of stuff to take care of you, yeah? Yeah. Was it was... Whole... Sorry, go was... ahead. Really, it was. I didn't like it at all. Yeah, I can imagine that you didn't. What was the hardest part? Well, actually, um, two of my friends died of it. They did. Wow, were these friends of yours that you met that you met in the hospital? Um, one of them I knew from the first day I had cancer, pretty much, and the other one was a life specialist. A life specialist. Child life specialists are amazing people. They're they're sort of social workers geared entirely towards uh, pediatric cancer wellness. Uh, it, I know a lot of them. My, my cousin is a child life specialist. Is that right? Yeah. And Dylan, is your mom on? Your parents on with us too? Yeah. Yes, we are. Yeah. Hi. 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 Mom, can you tell us how you got involved with the Thon and the uh, and the Four Diamond Fund? Yeah, I mean, when you become a patient up at uh, Penn State Hershey, the pretty much immediately you are introduced to the Four Diamonds Fund, and they tell you all about it and what it does for you and for our family as far as covering co-pays and, and everything that the insurance doesn't cover. So it's it's pretty much as soon as you're involved and become a cancer patient, you are introduced to the Four Diamonds Fund, and that's how we got started with Don, and it's a great organization, and we love them. When you first went to the hospital, were you aware that this was going to cost you nothing, or did you go in prepared to, like, like get rid of your house? Yeah, we had no idea, never heard of the Four Diamonds Fund until we became involved with, um, you know, having cancer. Well, there you go. And it's an ongoing relationship, right? So you obviously were first involved when, when uh, Dylan was diagnosed when he was just two years old. Is that right, back in 2002? That's correct. Yep, it was, he was just shy of his third year birthday in January. Wow, and we should say also you guys are joining us. You live in Shillington, Pennsylvania. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. And, Mom, we should say your first name, which we haven't said. Janelle. Is, Janelle, right. Um, we're thrilled that you're, that you're here with us. So 
tell us more about your ongoing relationship. I mean, other than sort of covering the medical costs, I mean, is, aren't there kind of a variety of activities that go on between the families and the members of Penn State and the THON? Yeah, there is actually, it's, it's year-long. I mean, basically September through April, there's uh, there's ongoing things going on with the, the THON. You know, they have special activities for the families to go to to kind of introduce them to all of the um, you know, the overalls and from family carnival to, you know, which is almost like a mini-thon, if you will, to actual thon event, and then they have a post-thon. So it's pretty much an ongoing thing that these students do all year long. Dylan, are you going to be a student at Penn State one day? Yes, I will. <laughs> so this is really a recruiting scheme, right? Yeah. We are. <laughs> this is Penn just a big scam to get your football team winning, right? Yeah. Oh, we need all the help we can get. Right? <laughs> I think I think Dylan was just about to say Penn State, right? Isn't it? Oh, yeah. We are Penn State. We are Penn State. Oh, <laughs> nice! Very nicely done, Dylan. Yes, 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 yes. So we should bring in Sean here, and Sean, talk about exactly how many students are involved and what it takes. I mean, you've graduated now, and we'll move on to what you're doing here in New York that's associated with the university. But you were very involved with the Thon back in your day. How many students? What exactly takes place? How does it all come together? Yeah, well, the, the numbers are really interesting. Like, so we started, we paired with Four Diamonds Fund since 1977. Uh, since then, we've raised more than $78 million wow. for the kids. I do that on Tuesdays. <laughs> you raise about 78 cents on Tuesdays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the, with illegal gambling. <laughs> exactly. That's why you disappear in Atlantic City. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, just to show you some benchmarks, like, the, it's just grown so exponentially. Uh, in 1977, the first year it was paired, uh, they raised $28,000. In 1990, they were up to over $600,000. And now, just last year in 2011, over $9.5 million for the kid in one year alone, which is just amazing. It's unbelievable. That's phenomenal. Yeah. So you have how many folks that come out and, and do your main events being be, – being, your main event being this thon in February, which yep. is the 46-hour event. How many dancers? How does that work, and where does it take place? Yep, so there's there's over 15,000 volunteers to different capacities. So um, it, just going from the top down, it starts with 15 overall chairpersons that do different facets of the organization, whether it be uh, public relations like Kirsten's in charge of, uh, communications, rules and regulations, those different facets. Um, each of those overalls have a captain uh, committee, and they, they lead committees as well. So um, it's a really top-down organization, uh, 15,000 people involved. It's great. So you have a lot of people actually um, going out there canning on the streets. Uh, we have four designated canning weekends throughout explain, the year. Explain canning. Canning, yeah. That's just kind of a... Uh, those are those grizzly not. people on the corner. Of Didn't the can. <laughs> right. <laughs> they don't yeah, bathe for a couple of weeks. Clank, clank. You, you tend yeah. to avoid them in the cities, but... Yeah. Um, if you're anywhere in Pennsylvania... It's not taking prunes and actually right. putting, them yeah. on, putting them on your shelf. Yeah. yeah. So if you're anywhere in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, anywhere in the Northeast and even beyond, you'll, you'll see on these weekends... Penn State students, they're clearly wearing Penn State gear. They have a big sign on that says, help fight pediatric cancer. And they're holding cans, and they're on the streets um, fundraising, collecting money. Um, so you'll see them across, you know, all, all over on those weekends. Are there rules to what people can and cannot do to raise money? Yeah, and I'll let Kirsten speak to that as well. Okay. Because yeah. I would imagine, you know, releasing the hounds to God knows how many alumni you have in the country, raise money for us. You could be looking at, like, several livers and kidneys just flowing through the black market to help you We out. know because we've tried releasing hounds. We've yes. tried everything. Yeah. <laughs> we, we try to avoid the black market. Good, yeah. okay. That's intelligent. Yeah. 
Uh, we think so. Uh, we Our three main ways of raising funds is, like Sean said, canister solicitation um, on those four predetermined weekends. Uh, we also have envelopes, is what we like to call them, and these are basically letters. That's a play on words. <laughs> I get it. These are, these are college kids. They're smart. Yeah. They figured that out. <laughs> we think we're punny. Oh, God. <laughs> but I'm shot. Um, Where's Pee Wee? Oh, that would be this. Um, But what envelopes are, are they're letters that students uh, can send out to family and friends, asking them to donate money, explaining what our cause is, telling them where their money is going towards um, and this great cause. We also have online fundraising, which is just taking envelopes to the web. Um, this is email solicitation, um, and anyone can send these out. Um, you can access it from our website at thon.org. We encourage alumni to do this, um, friends of Thon, um, just asking people to donate and explaining what it is. And we should emphasize again that this is all students. There's really no, you said you had one faculty advisor, but just really somebody that's in the year that can listen to whatever you got going on, but this is really entirely student-run. It is entirely student-led. Um, we pride ourselves about that, and it builds leadership. It's a great way to make a small or a big university like Penn State small, um, and it also instills a commitment to service in our students. Um, one of the great things about being student-run as well is it's a learning experience, and we get to be involved with these families, which is most important to us. Um, through We have programs like the Adopt-A-Family program. Um, I'm sure Dylan could probably talk to you about that, but we pair student organizations. We have more than 270 student organizations that participate in THON, um, and we pair them with families, and it's just a way for them to... So the to families get... know who is actually helping them, in di- like directly, pseudo-directly. Right, and uh, it inspires our students. It makes them go out on that canning weekend where it's freezing cold and snowing. Um, and it, we're also like a second family to them. We send care packages, letters, give them a call once in a while. So, Dylan, what have you done? Have you been out canning? I know I saw a video of you on stage. With a guitar, yeah. you look like a real rock star. I am a real rock star. <laughs> I, I believe it. You get one of these now, buddy. <laughs> That's just for you. <laughs> he's, he's heard big applause, though, in front of 15,000 dancers. Yes, he That's has. Not, That's nothing for this kid. I know, I know. Yeah. So, so tell us, what, what was kind of a great moment for you, being on stage? What was that like? It was, like, basically... um. Think about being on the first roller coaster you've ever been on. You're so excited. And then when you go down that first hill, you're like, oh, my God, this is awesome. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like nice. That. Wow. I could never have said it that well. Wow. Matthew then would just throw up. I would. But hopefully, but hopefully Dylan, I don't think Dylan did that. I I'm think, too old for this. I, I think so. So I that's very it. cool because you had, you, had you had a guitar with you on stage. Is that right? Yes. That was at the Thon, right, in front of all those people? Yes. Have you been out to, what what kinds of other events? Have you been out with them canning, or what What kinds of other things have you done? Um, they um, actually come over to um, my house and sleep over for two nights. Oh, fun. Um, the two, and the two days that we're here, 
we um go out tanning and my um fundraisers are D T D and D Z. <laughs> what is that? are those there's this sounds like they're kind of their hip hop initials, that they're like rap stars. Yeah. Uh, that's a Greek and fraternity pair. Uh we have three types of organizations that fundraise for Thon, uh the Greeks. Uh we also have uh general organizations which could be uh athletic clubs like club swimming, um whose main focus is obviously swimming, but they also participate in Thon. And then we have special interest organizations who exist solely to participate in Thon. Because you're so you, the name though Panhellenic, as I said at the at the beginning, you started as just a Greek as a fraternity. The fraternity organizations at, at Penn State were the originators of the, of the thon. Right now, you've obviously grown beyond that. Correct. Uh, back in 1973, when we started, this was a um, fraternity endeavor and something that they started. And actually, this past year, it's amazing to see this was the first year that a special interest organization actually raised more and had raised the most amount uh, more than any Greek organization. And which organization was that? Atlas. Which does what? They exist solely for THON. They're actually only six years old. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Which is incredible. So, Sean, how did you, uh, as an alumni, decide to sort of spin off this uh, franchise, if you would, of, of THON? Yeah, I mean, once you get involved with THON, you're just absolutely hooked. Um, I think I would go crazy just doing my own job, and that's it at the end of the day. Uh, definitely need to you know continue my involvement. So, um, along with uh, a bunch of other Penn State alumni, we started an event called uh, the Hope Gala, and we're part of a network. Uh, it's called the Dance Marathon Alumni Interest Group. Uh, it's it's countrywide, so you're going to see these organizations in Pittsburgh, uh, Philadelphia, Atlanta, all over the place, and we continue that involvement. Um, so we we get email blasts, we have newsletters, we um, have a website where we keep alumni um, connected um, so that they can know what events are going on, how they can donate, um, they can come back to Thon Weekend. They can still also uh, be involved through dancing. So um, a select uh, 700 people each year have the honor of dancing, um, being on their feet for those full 46 hours um, to represent that that fight against cancer, you know, these kids are going through all the treatment and all the pain um, with the hard fight against cancer, we can be on our feet for two days uh, to, to honor them. I have to ask the question, though. You're allowed to pee, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> We've had some people fall asleep on the toilet. Um, really? <laughs> okay. That's the only time. Who's, the who's, one exception. Whose job is it to go fish them out? <laughs> we, we have we have um, morallers. There's the morale committee uh-huh. um, who's there morallers. to support. Yeah, the morallers. That's a nice euphemism for fishing somebody out of the toilet. <laughs> a, mor- a moraler. Was George, was George Michael a moraler? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Oh, come now. On. We have kids nope. on the Sorry, show, FDK guys. FDK. That word. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just going back to um, the alumni efforts. So we have these fundraisers across the country. I specifically am the chairperson for the Hope Gala here in New York City. Um, and every year, just last year, we raised about $20,000 for the cause. So um, while it is student-run, you know, they're the organizers of this event. We're just here helping out as alumni to raise money. So we've had some great people in the past. We have uh, last year was Jay Paterno, Joe Paterno, the famous yes, Penn State coach. Yes, I knew that. Matthew didn't know that when he went to visit you guys at Penn State. What? He's Come like, on. He's, he, this is not a sports I'm guy. This, a, is, no, this no. is a tech guy. I do coding. He's I like, somebody, sports. somebody, Pater- I'm like, Joe Paterno? 
He's a legend. Blank. This one. I once Matthew. famously asked how many quarters are there in a football game. Oh. So. <laughs> it's ugly. Yeah. It's uh, really ugly. It's very bad. Yeah. It's very bad. Where did you go to school? <laughs> I, I, well, yeah, we have to tell the story then because, uh, well, first of all, we have to take a step back. I am very happy to say that Sean could possibly be the most random person I randomly met under the most random circumstances in the history of my randomness. Did I say random enough? Am I are, am I doing it justice to how random it was that we met? I think we need one more. What, random. All right. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell the story and I'll follow up with it. All right. A uh, moraler fished you both both out. We were both no. in the toilet <laughs> head first at the yeah. zinc bar on Houston Street. Yeah. So um, <laughs> was was working for my job. Was on the floor. Uh, just finished up an appointment. Look at the. Well, law. you are. We should say because you mentioned your day job. Now you you sell ads for AM New York. AM is New that York. right? Yeah. AM yeah. New York is yeah. a local newspaper here in New York. People get it handed out to them on subways, and yep. and it's got all kinds of local news and doing pretty well. Yeah. I imagine because you're because well. you're because you se- you're, ha- you're selling ads for them. Yeah. You okay. just happened to be in the building on the eighth floor. Yeah. Yeah. So just happened to be on the floor. I uh, looked at the the plaque on the wall that has all the the business listings, and I see stupid cancer show, and I'm just like, what what is this? I got I got to know. So instead of just kind of moving on and leaving the building, checking out later, I turn to the guy to the left me. I'm like, what is this? And he's like, oh, I I know the guy. I know the guy that runs it. Well, you didn't know the guy. I didn't I didn't know him, but he knew you. And, and so but he wasn't there to see me either. No, no, it was completely he was just, random. Too. This other random guy just happened to be randomly standing Try next to you him. on the same floor. Yeah, not knowing he knew me, but knowing he knew me, but not knowing I was next door. Yeah, right. So we just walked in the office. I, I thought there was going to be a receptionist walk in. It, it had to have been an executive meeting or something. It looked important. I don't know what it was. No. But no. Okay, then never mind. <laughs> anyway, so I just, you know, I, I went up to Matt. He, he was very welcoming, and he just kind of explained what I2I was all about and, and stupid cancer. I told him about Thon and, and my event here, and it kind of was a match made in heaven. Um, had him come speak out at speak at the hotel as our keynote, and um, I guess you want to... Sean's very enterprising. He takes the bull by the horns, he sees a sign on the wall, stupid cancer, and he's, he's But in. it was just so random because you walked in the door with the other guy who was the random person you didn't know that said, I know Matt. So we were having a meeting, actually we were renewing Lisa's job contract, and, oh. you, and you destroyed the whole meeting. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, it, was, it was really interesting um, to just have that random exposure and, and meeting you guys and telling you what, what it was all about. Um, and, but the, to come full circle to where we started, I did get invited to uh, come speak at the Hope Gala, which was an cr- incredible honor. Did you meet Dylan when you were there? I did. We met Dylan, his whole family. We watched Dylan dance. He broke, break danced on the floor. He did those. But I got up to speak going back to this whole I don't know sports thing, and I was very proud to articulate to the crowd that I went to a um, – what, what did we say? It was a, a Division One school with no football team, and the mascot was the man man bear pig. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mascot was man bear pig. That's exactly the ridiculousness of my. It was actually lack the, bear, of the bear cat. The bear, Binghamton Bearcats, which again might as well have been man bear pig. Dylan, did, Dylan, did your parents go to Penn State? Um, no. They are now. No. 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 Okay. They're Penn Staters now, though. Yeah, they are. Sure. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And actually, it's kind of funny because my teacher went to Notre Dame. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So I try to, I, um, I wore, like, all the Penn State clothes I had, like, oh. almost a day. And what happened? That's a big rivalry, right? Yeah. So your teacher didn't like that so much? Not really. 
Oh, good for good for you, Dylan. Are you th- you, do you think you'll play sports when you go to Penn State? Most likely, yes and no. Okay, so you're on the you're on the fence. That's okay. Yeah. Well, he can be a comedian. He he tells some good jokes. He does. Yeah. Hey, Dylan, why don't you tell us one of those jokes you told us tonight at the uh, the Hope Gala? Okay. He's thinking. He's I'm thinking. He's got a big repertoire. Play the Jeopardy theme. Two. I'll tell you two. Okay, go ahead. Great. Two peanuts walked into a ball, okay? Okay. One was assaulted. One was assaulted. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Two peanuts walked into a bar and one One was was assaulted. assaulted. I got to remember that. Okay, what's another one, Dylan? A man walked into a bar and says, ouch. He walked into a bar. Oh, and he said, ouch. Like a bar. Because a bar hit him. Like a giant steel bar. <laughs> you know, this is, a, this is a man of many talents. Rock star, comedian, possible athlete, possible road scholar. Yes, possible road scholar. Yeah. And he's very good at Angry Birds. He's very good at Angry <laughs> Birds. We played Angry Birds at the Hope Gallery. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Um, have we good destroyed? at it. Yeah, he is very good at it right now. Very good at it. And 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 a good dancer. So, mm-hmm. mom and dad. Any so are there other uh, kids, Dylan? Do you have any other brothers and sisters? I have a sister named Natasha. And okay. she was at the Hope Gala. We met her. Was and where is she? She's hiding. She's, She's hiding. hiding. She doesn't like all the fame. <laughs> <laughs> is she I older? Know. Sorry, go ahead. Names. Yeah. Is she older or younger than you, Dylan? She's older. How much? Fourteen. Oh, she's fourteen. Okay. Yeah. So, mom and dad, anything else that you want to say about your association with? It sounds like you had sleepovers. Uh, obviously, we talked about the medical expenses that were uh, taken care of, and uh, you guys get out there and boogie yourselves at the thon. Or how how else have you been involved, and what what other kind of highlights of your association with? Uh, with these spawners and these kids, can you tell us about? Sure. Yeah. Hey, this is John. Hi, Matthew. Hey, John. Hi, John. Hi, Sean. Hey, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I obviously Thon is just a, is just a, an extremely overwhelming, incredible experience. Um, as a parent, I mean, you go into this building. The first time I went was probably six years ago, we still at Rec Hall, and it, and Sh- I, Sean knows what I mean by Rec Hall, and uh, there's more energy in that building, in the building that Don is happening. If you could tap that energy, you could probably light uh, a city for days. It's just amazing to watch these kids do what they do, and they're doing it for people they don't even know. Yeah. They're doing it for kids they don't even know. Um, obviously, we've gotten to know, you know, we get to know our organization and, and get to know them, but Dylan is so safe there. He can go to anybody, and everyone will play with him. It's it's just an, an incredible, amazing experience. It's it's very hard to put into words. Are there any students that go to Penn State? I guess this is for Kirsten and Scott, uh, Sean. Um are there any students that go to Penn State that are not aware of THON? And if so, do you have a guilt trip society <laughs> that uh, 
basically throws them under the bus if they don't care about it. <laughs> uh, we don't have a guilt trip society, but one of the things we work towards is um, making sure that everyone, uh, both at University Park and across uh, the Commonwealth campuses, do know about THON. I know I was one of those people that kind of missed the boat freshman year. That's the way we kind of phrase it. But you're um, making up for it now. Right. I went to THON my freshman year. Uh, that was back in uh, 2008. And All the way back in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> Which was uh, Sean's THON, actually. Um, and it's the most amazing experience. You get there and you see these pe- people dancing on the floor and you're like, I want to be involved with this. I want to do more for these kids. Uh, it, it's just a sense of empowerment and that you have to give back almost. I remember walking in there and deciding immediately that I was going to dance the next year and that the rest of my college career, this was the organization that I was going to give my time to. You know, I did my research on um, on Hershey, and they have a very good program as far as survivorship, um, which is sort of my interest in wanting to talk about THON because, yes, we are helping all these kids to live now. The research is great. We're coddling and cradling these families through this tragedy by helping to offset their financial burdens. We're ensuring their quality of life is not encumbered nearly as much as it used to be years and years ago, and that they're sort of stewarded through this whole process of anger and grief and hostility and fear to come out the other end as a happy, healthy family that has a future with, it, with, with, with dignity and respect. So as an organization that represents over a million Americans who themselves are young adult survivors, over 350,000 of which are long-term childhood cancer survivors like myself, like James here, we did a show a couple of weeks ago featuring seven long-term young adult cancer survivors diagnosed in their single digits in their early teens. I am very happy that THON exists because it provides the platform for these kids not just to survive but to thrive into young adulthood and then become part of our organization and become part of the young adult movement and be able to even more impactfully give back to the next them. I want to ask Dylan, too. Dylan, what did your friends think uh when to see you knowing that you have your friends at Thon and knowing that you went through that illness in a tough time, how have your friends been through all of it? They've been like really, really nice to me and Well they better be your celebrity. Yeah. And um <laughs> I actually have a lawyer. You have a lawyer? Uh huh. Of course. Yes. She's um ten and her name is Morgan Magdalinski. Did you say that she's she's ten? Yes. You have a ten year old lawyer? Yes. She's a Please ma- do the trouble of people for me. Like Doogie Hauser, ESQ. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's uh I'm sorry, what was that last bit, Dylan? She actually sued a couple of people. She sued some people for you. Yeah. Oh, so she's an excellent lawyer. You uh, need to yeah, how come you needed to sue people? Well, you know, there's some people out there who just don't get it. Yeah, I, I hear you. I know what you mean. There's a lot of people out there that just don't get it, and then you have to sue them. Yes. Yep. Okay, take them for everything they're worth. Yep. <laughs> it's good to have a I might have to call. I when, when the show's off the air, I might have to get a recommendation on your lawyer. I'm looking mm-hmm. for a good lawyer right now. Okay. All right, good. 
Lisa has lots of friends that don't get it. <laughs> far, far too many, in fact. <laughs> yeah. So, so Dylan, what what's in store for you now? You're still in school. You know what you want to be when you grow up. You have any? Uh, you playing an instrument besides singing? And uh, wh- where are you at right now? What do you What do you want to do for the next couple of years besides have lots of fun? Um. And Legos. Yes. I want to be a comedian. You're well on your way. Yes, you are. And I wanna um, cause like I can make I can make it look like I can I'm whipping my thumb off, but I'm really not. You can make it look like you're moving your stomach. No, he's what? ripping his thumb off. Oh, ripping his thumb off you know, like this, a magician. Yeah, this this this. this I, yeah. I'm a magician. You're a magician. That's right. You're a magician, and uh, you know you sound just like my nephew Liam, and he loves he loves Legos, and you like Legos too, right? I love them. Oh, see. Legos are huge. I know. Ama- yeah, Legos are. are Have you terrific. been to Legoland? One. One. All right, time to go again. Mom and Dad, sorry. <laughs> it just cost you yeah. $2,000. <laughs> yeah, and they have to shell that out in legal fees to the lawyer. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Well, maybe Thon will cover it's the. Good that the Thon, it's good that they have Thon. Yeah, Thon will cover Legoland, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> sorry, Sean, you got to write a check now. Uh, We'll take that up with Four Diamonds. Okay, right. fantastic. Well, what a great thing. This is terrific. I'm excited to go to Thon. Oh, you better come. Dance mine behind off. I will I, pay. I, I, bet any, I will donate any amount of money to watch Lisa dance to Thon dance for 48 hours. And I'm not going to need no moraler or whatever. They, what was they, What were they called? Yeah, Lisa morale. doesn't urinate anymore. Well, you can be an honorary moraler. We'll have you on stage and lead. Uh, I'm uh, not fishing dance. people out of the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, 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 no. I want to meet Dylan, though, and his folks. Yes, you I'm guys got to come back to the city I'm sometime. I'm jealous that uh, I haven't met them in person. Yeah, no. Uh, Kenny and I had such a pleasure and a privilege sitting with them um, at uh, Capital in January. Oh, yeah. Really magical experience. With the, uh, the magical tiramisu. Oh, it's Capital. Oh, yes. Delicious. That tiramisu was the one to I end think all. Th- that gave you the stroke. Yeah, the tiramisu. <laughs> it's your fault, John. It, it was that good. It's a great experience, and we appreciated being there. Yeah, so Dylan, you got uh, eight years before you um, you get to rock out with us uh, in Vegas when we have our annual conference. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to hold you to that, right? Yes. Okay. We're not letting you out of our clutches now. That you, you, we, we, we have, you have the, the Thon has to share share you with us. No, we own you. Just don't sue us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Deal. Deal. All right. Well, Dylan and. Uh, Parents, uh, Janelle and Sean, is that John, John? John. John. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, you guys sound like a great family, and uh, we're really thrilled. And, and, and your sister, who doesn't like the spotlight. No, she <laughs> doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't. She's Nat- listening. She's not here to talk. Oh, okay. <laughs> Natasha, right? Yes, Natasha. Yes. Okay. The Moser family. You guys rock. Thanks for being on Thank the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Have a great night. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. What a terrific kid. No, it, it's just, it's, he, it's just totally inspiring. Totally yeah. inspiring. He's an amazing kid. Uh, I want to talk to you two guys a little more about, um, you know, obviously this has been going on for 30-plus years at Penn. It's the hip, cool thing to do, and if you don't, you're like the social outcast. But what do you think needs to happen? We've had a very difficult time rallying students to care about anything, and a lot of that, I think, and I want your thoughts on this, both as a PR person, as someone who hosts major events, and as just 
human beings, there's so much noise on college campuses now with causes, whether it's alcohol or AIDS or pregnancy or Darfur or building water wells or politics or global warming or solar energy or Good point, whatever. Matthew. Um, I can go on and on and on, like cyberbullying and gay rights and everything. How do college students, and you're you're a senior now, so you've spent the last four years immersed in this cacophony, you too recently, you know, how do you make sense of this? Obviously, Thon is this very pinpointed bullet item that you get as like your welcome orientation when you're a freshman, except for you. And uh, what what do you do as a college student these days to, to, to attach yourself to something meaningful? I think the thing about Thon is it keeps your day-to-day life in perspective. Um, the unique thing about Thon is that we do raise money for pediatric cancer, and our focus is pediatric cancer. And I think, um, like you guys talk about, most people have some sort of connection to cancer, whether it's a family member, a friend, an extended family member, or just you know someone they've met on the street. And cancer is so widespread, and it's seeing that, these kids who have so much strength and people like Dylan that have the passion and the strength to go through each day and go through chemotherapy um, and still have a smile on their face, still have that childhood spirit, um, you know, loving Legos. And <laughs> I think it's getting to see those kids that really brings it home and makes it seem like, all right, that, you know, econ test I have tomorrow, like, yeah, I got to study for it, but it's not the end of the world, you know? Right. There's yeah. there's five and six year olds that are going through way more than I can even imagine. It's so tangible. You're doing something right in your backyard. You're right. seeing results. Yeah. Correct. You're hanging out with these kids and these families, and it's power. The emotional impact is right there, exactly. and the, as well as the financial, obviously. Yeah. Um, our mission, uh the Penn State uh, Dance Marathon is to provide emotional as well as financial support to these children and families and as well as the researchers and staff of the Four Diamonds Fund. But is there other noise on your campus? Do you see, like, the tanning buses coming down and the Live Strong Army coming down and the the Pink Ribbon Girls coming down and the, the cyberbullying anti-gay people coming down and the religious nuts coming down? I, I mean, we do have all those organizations. It's just like any college campus. Right. There's there's thousands of yeah, different yeah. organizations, but Thon has become something where it's it's almost we we get made fun of. It's like a cult, right? Almost. Yeah, yeah, people get so consumed in it. It's like Penn State football. Like we're we're a fo- uh, what, what do we say? We're a drinking school with a football problem. Um, <laughs> so like, it's it's. I mean, we're kind of battling that. It just becomes such a thing. Like it, it consumes you, and you want to be part of it. It's right, right. So cool. Um, and it just comes, it becomes a constant daily thing. Like, you're having weekly meetings. There's events all throughout the year. You are you become best friends with the people that you work with. Right. Um, and, and they last. I mean... Is there anything like this anywhere else in the country on the, a university level? Yeah, and uh, Kirsten can speak to it, but there there are dance marathons popping up all over the place. Uh, Rutgers has a very... Are very you suing big, them? <laughs> no, Dylan's they're, doing Dylan's, them. Dylan's got an attorney you can hire. <laughs> they don't get we're, it. We're in the works here. But, yeah, they're they're popping up all over the place, and, and they're doing a great job. It's it's definitely growing and, and catching on. I don't know if Kirsten has anything to that. Um, Sean put it correctly. Um, it, we love to see that there's other dance marathons popping up across the country. Um, I know Iowa, Indiana, uh, there's a school in Florida that also has one, and 
I mean, we started the first one, and we would love to have it spread to every campus for this this is a good cause, and the more people that we can get behind it, and the closer we are to a cure. See, like a running marathon or a bike marathon, I think we should train every day for their song by dancing every day. I've always said that we should open and close the show like Ellen DeGeneres. With are you all hitting the, on me? With all the music that we play. It's working. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Kenny, Kenny, take it over. <laughs> take it from here. Um, uh, I'm turning red. We should... <laughs> Hi, Lisa. We're going to give you up. How are you doing, Lisa? You're looking good right there. Hey, baby. <laughs> we need to start another show drinking. Yeah. <laughs> That'll drink a thon. That'll be our. At least you didn't play the Barry White. No, I can cue up the um, Marvin Gaye, though, if you want. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Exactly. Um, anyway, when we get the video up and going, we can uh, train every day. No, I'm excited. I'm, I'm definitely going to hit up the, uh, the thon in February. Yeah, I want to get in touch with the, um, the social workers and oncology nurses and child life specialists at Hershey. To let them know that we exist. I'm, I know we think we have our stuff there already, but I think it would be really great to have a more sort of meaningful relationship with them because, you know, we affectionately refer to long-term childhood survivors as the Gerber graduates because they get aged out and they join our organization and they just like meeting other people their age, just like in pediatrics. They want to make sure that you're with other families and other children and everything. There's Legos when you're getting treated and all that stuff. Um, I would really enjoy that. I think that would be a, a very meaningful relationship. Yeah, uh, that's one of the really cool things about THON is uh, students have the opportunity to go take tours of Hershey Medical Center. They get to see, meet the child life specialists, the nutritionists, music therapists, etc., um, see where the kids get treated and really see what they're doing, what they're fundraising for. Um, and that's, again, another great thing that THON does is the money we raise uh, pays for the specialists at Hershey. Not all of them, of course, but certain researchers as well as a music therapist. Um, we have nutritionists, and that's things that at other hospitals, families wouldn't necessarily have that opportunity. But because we focus so much on getting these children better, we're able to uh, pay for those positions. Well, I mean, this has been a great show. This has been a great show. I mean, yeah, I, the, the whole, the new bully pulpit for me is long-term pediatric childhood cancer survivor quality of life and dignity. And hearing them and getting better research is, is a significant part of that equation, but catering to their emotional needs and their psychological needs once they age out of pediatrics is as tantamount to the institutionalized way in which they are treated prior to aging out. So I'm very proud to know Dylan and his family. I'm the most randomest of randoms has yielded a great relationship and a great friendship with Sean. And Kirsten, you're stuck with us now forever because you live here in the city. Um, although you are going back to... I'll be back at Penn State okay. in the fall. But, okay. uh, and did you know she's very careful to refer to Pennsylvania as the Commonwealth Yes. and not the state? Yes, it is a Commonwealth. Uh, yeah, I refer to Penn State. We, our main campus is University Park, um, but there's also 21 other campuses across the state, um, Beaver, Altoona, Barrand, um, and all of those campuses also participate in THON. Right. So they're called the Commonwealth campuses. Gotcha. But it's still a Commonwealth. It's not a state. Like Puerto Rico is like a territory. Hello, Go Hello Google. Yeah, look that one we up. Have, Don't we have 50? I think it is a state at this point. There's well, 48 states, <laughs> Next right? show. The lies my teacher told me. Yeah. I'm never rem I don't acknowledge Missouri, so. Next show. <laughs> Pennsylvania, Commonwealth or state? Well, 
That's no. We'll leave that up to We're somebody track else. The, let's just put it on Facebook and screw <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, we gotta wrap this. We gotta wrap this baby up. I just want to say one quick thing uh, before we we thank them and give the applause. We're not gonna do the news formally tonight, but I do want to mention that um, this Friday, if you're in New York City, is the Cancer and Careers and first inaugural Cancer Careers Working Cancer Conference on uh, again Friday the 17th in New York City. Uh, we are going to be there again. If you're in New York City Metro, uh, Connecticut, New Jersey, Eastern uh, Eastern Pennsylvania, Hello? yeah, near Philly. Um, Eastern Commonwealth. Eastern Commonwealth. Please come to the Cancer and Careers inaugural conference. It's going to be really game-changing. The website is cancerandcareers.org slash conference. June 17th. June 17th. Friday. Friday, yeah. All kinds of great topics, job search, legal issues, health insurance, working during treatment, all that good stuff. Right, right, right. All right, so let's uh, let's end the show on a high note. (laughs) No? Hello? Wow. (laughs) Baritone Matthew. That was horrible. That was horrible. All right. Closing sequence. Prepare to activate. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. Have you ever seen a grown man naked? And so, to all of you, a fond farewell. Hooray, I'm helping. You are a meathead. Oh, Magoo, you've done it again. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. All right, everybody, that is tonight's show, our 189th broadcast. We hope you had as much fun as we did poking a stick at stupid cancer. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Love. <laughs> We'd like to thank our guest, the, the totally one and only unique Dylan Moser, Sean Tavero, Kirsten Quisenberry, and Dr. James Manning in the house, Kenny Kane in the house. Lisa, you're up. Oh, I was you're, singing. I was singing along. You're Captain Stubinizing too much. Join us next week when our show will be all about staying fit and being well. We'll be joined by Lisa Hoffman. She's the author of The Healing Power of Movement: How to Benefit from Physical Activity During Your Cancer Treatment, and she's the founder of Solo Fitness. Kathleen Venezia, who's a young adult survivor of breast and thyroid cancer, and she's a health coach and founder of something called Bella Wellness. She'll tell us all about that. And in our survivor spotlight is Jessica Rogers, who's the survivor of breast cancer. All right, I'm going to change the theme here because what? I just like this better. Whoa! This is how <laughs> we <laughs> stupid cancer anthem. This is how Thon goes out. Yeah, uh-huh. Thon's going out with the stupid cancer roll. All right, folks. If you missed any of our past shows, download them all for free on iTunes. At iTunes.stupidcancer.com, oh, yeah. check out the archive. All right. At stupidcancershow.com, preach your brother. Right. Remember, uh-huh. if it's not stupid, it's not cancer. Live from Down the Deck. On behalf of Lisa Bernhard, Kenny Kane, myself, and our whole team here at I2Y, have a great week, folks. Later. Night, everybody. There's a couple hundred thousand of us.